Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. Well, thank you, Josh and worship team. Thank you for being here today. Thank you again. If you're watching online, thank you so much for joining us that way as well. Hey, John chapter 21, if you have your Bible, the gospel of John chapter 21. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament is the last thing in the book of John, John chapter 21. Just uh, hold your place, uh, find that and hold your place there for a moment. I started a sermon series a few weeks ago or last week called R.E., we're do, looking at how to get 2020 off, 2022 rather, off to a, a good start, starting well. And last week we looked at a review when we did those 22 questions that I hope you took home with you and maybe you'll use those throughout the year. If you've not seen that sermon, make sure you go back on our app at, uh, just search Peavine City, you'll find the app. You can go in there and find all of our past sermons and go, be sure and grab a sheet of paper and a pen and go through and um, watch that sermon and do that exercise we did last week. I heard from so many of you who talked about how really eye-opening that was in your life, and so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And this week, uh, we did a review last week, and this week we, well, what is that? Oh, I don't, oh, that's weird. 30, I don't have that guy up there. E- e- anyway, this week, we're going to look at redo. There are some things that you would probably like to redo in your life, and I'm, I'm going to tell you how to do that. Well, we started off uh, a brand new year, 2022, and I always like to go back and look at the previous year. Let, let, let's look at a snapshot of what 2021 was like, and Google can tell us what 2021 was like. It's such good information on Google. For example, here's what we know about 2021. The top people searched in 2021. Just the top three or four give you an idea. Kyle Rittenhouse, Tiger Woods, Alec Baldwin. I mean, some of those had a good year. Some of those had a really, really bad year. And you can see the list there, and it gives us a little snapshot of what the news was like. You can see um, how to be. This is one of Google's favorite terms, how to be. For example, uh, the top search all year under how to be was how to be eligible for a stimulus check. Or number two, how to be more attractive. Because everybody can't be like me. I understand that. And so, um, but no, I love number three. Well, I, I, I Googled how to be more attractive and I can't do it. So number three, how to be happy alone, right? Like just, it's not in the cards for me. How, how, how's it going to? Number five, how to be a good boyfriend. And number six, how to be a good kisser. Maybe those two things might go hand in hand there. I, I don't know. How, how about this? How to pronounce. It's one of the favorite search terms in Google. I, I use it all the time. Uh, I, I get number one, how to pronounce Dogecoin. That's that, you know, new Bitcoin that came around. I, I get number three, how to pronounce quinoa. You know, that's that bean or whatever it is. Nobody knows. Uh, number four, how to pronounce Kamala, our vice president now. I don't get number two. You can't see it. I'll read it to you. The second most searched term in how to pronounce in the United States in all the year. How to pronounce Michael Jackson. I know. I know. Man, those Tennessee fans, they just are not this morning. Uh, 
soulmate was searched more than ever before in 2021. Get this, globally. Globally. It tells you a little bit about what's going on in people's hearts and minds. Not only that, the U.S. searched for road trip more in 2021 than ever before. When we were tired of being shut down, tired of being locked in, where can I get in my car and drive? This one makes sense. You're at home all the time, right? You're always at home. And uh, here, here's search interest in the word plumber hit an all-time high in 2021. All-time high in 2021. Now that, searches for affirmation reached an all-time high worldwide this year. There's people trying to overcome what's been going on in our world. And then how to, finally, how to maintain mental health was searched more this year globally than ever before. And you see the chart, just how to maintain mental health. It was a rough year for a lot of people. When you look at those searches and you see people would really like to have a redo in 2022. People who made mistakes, people who felt really alone, people who were not in a great condition, either physically or emotionally or even mentally. The fact is, whether you're in the room or whether you're watching online, you would probably like to have a redo over something you did in 2021. I would have a one or two redos I'd like to have. Maybe a decision you made, maybe a relationship mishap, maybe just something in your finances, maybe, maybe it was just out-and-out out stupidity that we're all capable of from time to time. And then there are probably some things you didn't do you'd like a redo on. Missed opportunities, things you did not say, forgiveness that you did not extend. The list could go on and on and be endless, but we'd all like a redo. The fact is, can we get a redo? Now, the truth is, you don't get a redo in the sense of we can go back in time and do something over. If we could, I'd go back and tell myself to lay off the butter a little bit and invest in Apple a few years ago. We don't get that kind of redo. But maybe we could get a redo in the sense we can look at the mistakes we've made, admit our mistakes, admit our failures, and move forward to the best of our ability to make things right from this point forward. So here's what I want to tell you this morning. I might not can get an undo, but maybe I can redo something. Maybe I can redo a relationship. Maybe I can redo a decision. Maybe I can redo an expectation. Maybe I can redo an opportunity. Maybe I can get back and patch up that situation and then start fresh from where I am right now. I cannot go back and undo what I did wrong in 2021. I cannot go back and undo my failures, but can I start right now and get a redo and a fresh start in 2022? a big question but I do have an answer for you today I have an answer because there's someone in the Bible who did something worse than you did and he got a redo in life as well so if you're in the room would you stand with me as we honor God's word by reading it John chapter 21 it'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles or you're following along at home John chapter 21 let's read a few verses beginning in verse number one after this Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, 
Thomas called twin, Nathaniel from Canaan of Galilee, Zebedee's sons at James and John, and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Friends, Jesus called to them. You don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered, verse 6. Well, Jesus said, cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. The disciple, the one Jesus loved, that'd be John who's writing this, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer clothing around him, for he had taken it off and plunged into the sea. Since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter called up and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Come and have breakfast, Jesus told them. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus, uh, Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they'd eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, Jesus told him. A second time he asked Simon, he asked him, Simon, son of Jonah, do you, John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, Jesus told him. He asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. He said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And after saying this, he told him, follow me. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, now let, me, let me set the stage of where we are. Peter's really down because he had made a, a decision a few days ago that had rocked his confidence and what rocked his world. What was that decision? If you don't know the story, maybe some of you do, if you don't know the story, just a few days before this, before Jesus had died on the cross and before he rose from the grave, just a few days before this, uh, the, Peter had denied Jesus three different times. Now, this was the same Peter who said, I'll, I'll go with you wherever you go. I'll, I'll die with you. I'll live for you. Wherever you go, Jesus, I am by your side. You've got a friend in me. Man, I am on your side. And it was just hours later that Peter denied Jesus three different times. While Jesus was facing the most critical moment of his life, while Jesus was about to be crucified for your sin and mine, while Jesus was about to give his life for Peter and for you and for the the entire world when when Jesus was at that moment Peter said I do not know him even to a little girl who who uh, who would said hey you sound like one of these guys you, you know sometimes people say to me you sound like a preacher and I don't know how they get that I don't know how preachers sound but they kind of said it to Peter you you sound like a disciple and he said hey I I don't I don't know who he is 
He denied him that third time, and the Bible says Jesus looked at him, and the rooster crowed. And after that, Peter slowly fades off the scene and out of the limelight. By the way, it's what you would have done as well. And it seems like right after that moment that Peter's legacy has been set in stone by one bad decision. Like Peter's whole life is going to be this. He's going to be known as, you know how we call Judas the betrayer? Peter's going to spend his whole life being known, well, not just his whole life, all of eternity, as being known as Peter the denier. Like that's his label now. That's his legacy. He is Peter the denier. And though Peter has seen Jesus a time or two since then, they've not had an interaction. They've not had a correspondence. They've not had a heart-to-heart conversation. And so in Peter's own heart, he is Peter the denier. And other people around him, they won't say it to Peter's face, but to them, here's Peter the denier. And then we get to John chapter 21. The disciples are in a little bit of confusion. They don't know what to do, and so they go back to their comfort zone fishing, and the Bible says they're found at the Sea of Tiberias, and seven disciples are on the Sea of Tiberias, and they all go fishing with Peter, James, and John, and Peter, and Thomas, and Nathaniel, and a couple of other ones, the Bible says, and they fished all night and caught nothing, and then Jesus shows up on the shore, and they didn't know it was Jesus, and he called out from the shore, they're about a hundred yards out, and he called out from the shore, have you caught anything? And they said, no, fished all night and I caught nothing. He said, well, throw it on this side of the boat, and so they threw it on the other side of the boat, the right side, and the Bible says the hall was so large that they could barely drag it in. And John said, hey boys, that's Jesus. I'd recognize one of his miracles anywhere. Peter dove in the water, swam to shore. They drug the fish in the boat back to shore. And when they got there, Jesus already had fish stick sandwiches on the fire ready to go. It was the third time since they'd seen Jesus, and it was going to be Peter's most important. Hear me. This is the situation where Peter gets a redo on his relationship with Jesus. This is going to be the encounter where Peter, the denier, whose legacy is set in stone, all of a sudden loses that moniker. He's no longer going to be Peter the denier. As a matter of fact, if it were not given to us, history would not even record that he was denier because of all the other great things that Peter did with his life. He got a redo in his relationship with God. Now hear me. There's some things from this encounter about Peter's redo that you need to hear today, that we need to hear today. Because there have been things in your life, failures in your life, wrongs in your life, fails, falls in your life, where you feel like that has labeled you for all of eternity, that that's going to stick with you from now on. Hear me, you can get a redo, it's possible, if you'll listen to this conversation with Jesus. So let me give you four things. If you want to redo in your life, let me tell you four things today. Number one, here's what Peter learned. The question is not, does God love me? The question is, do you love God? The question is not, does God love me? The question is, do you love God? Three times in three verses, Jesus asked Peter this question. Look at it, beginning in verse 15. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? There was an answer. Verse 16, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Verse 17, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
love me? Three different times he's asking Peter, Peter, do you love me? Now there's so much wrapped up in this scene that we may not get at first glance. As a matter of fact, this scene is very close to his denying scene we find a few chapters earlier. See, Peter denied Jesus around a coal fire and now he's being asked over a coal fire, do you love Jesus? Peter denied Jesus three times in quick succession and now he's being asked three times in quick succession, do you love Jesus? The Bible tells us that when he denied Jesus, that Jesus turned and looked him in the eyes. And now Jesus is across a fire looking him in the eyes. Everything about this scenario is bringing up Peter's failure. And it's highlighting the one question that is lingering in Peter's mind. It's the same question that lingers in your mind when you fail, fallen, and sin and made a mistake. The same question that's in your mind is on Peter's mind as well. And the question is this, does God still love me? Does Jesus still love me? Now, can I say this to you? In this passage, that is not even addressed. Why is that not even addressed? Because Jesus doesn't have to tell Peter that he loves him. By the way, Jesus doesn't have to tell you that he loves him. He screamed it from the cross of Calvary that he loves you. Jesus has already said he loved you. When Jesus was tortured for you, it screamed out, I loved you. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, it screamed out, I love you. When Jesus gave his life on the cross, it screamed out, I love you. When Jesus died and rose from the dead, it screamed out, I love you. Listen to me. Jesus has forever answered the question of his love for you. And his love for Peter. The question on the table is not does Jesus love me, not does God love me. The question on the table is do you love God? What was keeping Peter from moving forward in his life is the same thing that keeps you and me from moving forward. It's not God's love for us. It's your love for Jesus. I mean, whatever mistakes you've made, whatever shortcomings you have, whatever you could wish you could undo or redo, hear me this morning, never for one moment doubt God's love for you. How else could he show it by dying on the cross and giving his life just for you? That's never the question. The question on your road to recovery is do you love God? Do you love God enough to humble yourself? Do you love God enough to admit you're wrong? Do you love God enough to seek forgiveness, to make things right, to accept his forgiveness? Do you love God enough to live beyond the guilt and the shame? Do you love God enough to get back in the game called life? Do you love God? When you've made a major mistake and get it corrected, move forward. It's always about do you love God? The redo question of life is not does God love me even though I've made this horrible mistake. The redo question of life is do you love God? I mean, there are times in our lives when we just have to stop, admit a mistake, so we can start over fresh and new. Again, if you look back at 2021, I I went kind of down a rabbit hole when I was studying for this sermon and started to look for 
Uh, I'd, I'd studied him for the sermon. I'd actually seen one. Uh, somebody in the, in the newspaper had to issue a major correction. I don't know why I love it. I love it when, issue, when, when uh, newspapers and news media get it so wrong, they have to come back and tell us they got it wrong. They don't often do that. And so I looked up some of the, some of the uh, biggest ones uh, this year. For example, uh, KTVZ said, a previous version of this story misstated that Representative Ted Lieu grabbed a crowbar for leave, before leaving his office. He actually grabbed a pro bar energy bar. That changes the story slightly. How about this? We received complaints that our breaking news article initially carried a headline which described Phil Spector as a talented but flawed producer. The breaking news story of Phil Spector's death was published with a headline that did not meet our editorial standards. This was changed within minutes, and we also deleted a tweet that had gone out automatically with the original headline. We apologize for this area. In fact, Phil Spector was convicted of the murder of Lena Clarkson and had a long history of violence and abuse. So, sorry, we missed that one. Or how about this one? Uh, this one is about uh, Joe Biden. It said, correction, an earlier version of this article misstated President Biden's participation in an event marking the anniversary of Amtrak. He is speaking in front of a train. He will not be on the train. This is the New York Times. Biden also reportedly wanted to wear a conductor hat, blow into a whistle, and sing conjunction, conjunction, junction, but was advised against it. This is an article of a duck. I think his name is pronounced Longboy. That's close enough. Correction. Longboy did not receive an honorary degree. I don't know what that's about, but um, uh, he, d- he didn't graduate college. A- and then here, New York Times published an article in Home and Ga- Garden. Fields of watermelon found on Mars, police say. Police say? Are the, do we have police on Mars? Author- the subheadline is, authorities say rise of fruit aliens is to blame for a glut of outer space watermelons. It's the exact coverage I expect from the New York Times right there, exactly. And then the retraction. This article was published in error. Uh, really? A mock article intended for testing a system was inadvertently published on this page earlier. Yeah, well, uh, some people are really upset over watermelons. And then finally, CNN. We got the story of Goldilocks and the three bears wrong. It was Goldilocks who found baby bear's bed to be just right. It's not the only thing CNN gets wrong. Sometimes you just have to issue a correction. You know what loving God means for you? Loving God means that you love him enough that you've got to back up and swallow some pride and issue a correction and keep on trucking in the Christian life. What is it that you need to issue a correction on? Have you strayed from your walk with God? Looking back uh, to get back on track in 2022, the question is, do you love God enough to do that? Do you love God enough to get back in church every Sunday? Do you love God enough to read your Bible? Do you love God enough to pray? Do you love God enough to invite others or tithe or make things right where they went wrong or to fix the broken relationships in your life? The question of does Jesus love you has already been answered. It's not even a question. You want to redo the question on the table is how much do you love Jesus? I'm going to tell you if you want to redo, the only question you have to answer is 
Are you willing to fall in love with Jesus all over again? Since your mistake, how much do you love Jesus? Since your failure, how much do you love Jesus? Since you've done wrong, how much do you love Jesus? That's the question of the hour. Second thing we learn about Peter's redo is this. A past failure doesn't guarantee a future failure. We go right back to those same three verses. Now, now Jesus is answering the other question that has been dogging Peter since this day. So we've answered the, does Jesus love me question. That's, that's answered and settled. The question is, do you love Jesus? But there's another question in Peter's mind. And the other question in Peter's mind is the same one we tend to have in our minds as well. And that is the, will Jesus use me question. Is there something left for me to do after I've messed up so badly? Okay, so Jesus loves me, died on the cross. I get it. I can, I can, I can live with that. Sure. But now, does that mean, is there anything left for me to do? Like, is God ever going to speak into my life? Is God ever going to use me? Is God ever going to make something of me in my life? And so we, we go back to the same three. And we find it in verse 15. He said to Peter, feed my lambs. He said in verse 16, shepherd my sheep. He said in verse 17, feed my sheep. Now, now let's not even get hung up. That's another sermon. Let's not get hung up on what Jesus meant exactly by the what of what Peter said of feed my lambs, shepherd, feed my sheep. That doesn't even really matter what the what was. Peter, Peter really didn't care what it was. Peter didn't really care what Jesus meant by that. Peter was so excited that there was a what on the other side of his failure. Peter can't imagine that after a mistake like denying Jesus three times, that God would still have a plan for his life. Here is Peter the denier and God still has a plan for him. And Peter learned this. Just because he had failed in the past, it doesn't guarantee a failure in the future. It doesn't make him a failure. It just said he failed. God still has a plan for him, even though he messed up. And listen, he does for you as well. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what mistakes you've made. I don't know what sin you've been engaged with. I don't know what failures and disappointments and wrongs that you've had. I do know this. If you'll fall in love with Jesus again, he can still use you. Don't stop over a failure. One failure in the past doesn't guarantee failure in the future. You know, Apple's not always been what it is today. I, I talked about going back in time and, and, and investing in Apple stock. The reason I say that is Apple's not always been what it is today. The, the powerhouse it is in 2010, Apple stock was less than $10 a stock. Today it's over $175 a a stock and it's because it's had such a wild string of successful products like the iphone the ipad the the macbook the the apple watch and the pippin say so wait the pippin yeah y'all don't remember when in 1996 apple launched launched the pippin it really started in 1995. Apple decided to take the gaming world by storm. They predicted they would sell a half a million units a year. And so they launched it in Japan in 1995. They launched it in America in 1996. 
And the best estimates we can get is that they only manufactured 100,000 of them and they only sold in an entire year 42,000 units. It was, it was three times the price. The Nintendo 64 was $200. This was $600. Nobody made games for it. And um, it turned out to be the, the most colossal embarrassment Apple has in its uh, on record. And to compare, they sold 42,000 units in a year. The day the Nintendo 64 was released, it sold 300,000 units in a day. It was a colossal failure. So you know what Apple did, don't you? They fired all their employees, shut down all their businesses, sold everything, and went out of business. Uh, no. They learned from their mistake and moved forward. Why? One failure doesn't guarantee a future failure. Can I give you some earth-shattering news that's not really earth-shattering at all? You are going to fail. You are going to make a mistake. You are going, as much as I don't want you to or me to or anybody else, you're going to sin. You're going to do things that are wrong. I'm not justifying it. I'm not making an excuse for it. I'm not saying you ought to. There's no reason to do it. But I'm saying if you live a good, long, healthy life, you are going to make a mistake. But I've got news for you. That past mistake doesn't guarantee a future failure. That past failure doesn't guarantee a future one. I'm not minimizing your wrong or your sin. I'm saying that if you'll get up, dust off, humble yourself, and love Jesus, God still has a plan for your life. Get up today and quit wallowing in your failure. Jesus still has something for you to do. I've got to move a little faster. Number three, here's what we learn about a redo with Peter, that following God is the only roadmap for success that you need. Look, look at what he said in verse uh, 21, chapter 21, verse 19. He said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. Now, we, when, when we're closing out the passage right here, and Jesus has done all this, you know, do you love me, feed my whatever, and all that stuff, and told him how he's going to die. We'll look at that in a moment. But he, he, he closes all of it out because Peter's mind is just going like crazy. Like Peter's mind is just... Just like, I'm Peter the denier, but he's telling me this and he's telling me that. Man, I don't even know what to do. And so, and so Jesus, just trying to calm Peter down a little bit, because Peter's mind's full of questions, like a toddler, no doubt. But Jesus said this, hey, Peter, do this. Just follow me. End of story. Just follow me. Peter, Peter's doing what you're doing. He's trying to map out his roadmap back, right? So here's what's going on in Peter's mind. Okay, I denied Jesus three times. I still have work to do. Jesus told me that. Well, how do I get back doing it? And so what is the process? That's what's going through Peter's mind right now. What's the process? All right, maybe I go to, maybe I need to go to a prophet school. Maybe I need to go to a Bible study. Maybe I need to go to maybe some kind of prayer vigil. Maybe I need to fast for 40 days. All that's good. All that's fine. None of what Jesus was looking for. How do you get back to serving God and living for Jesus? What's the process? Well, here's what the process is. It's this simple. Follow Jesus. Follow 
Jesus. That's the education you need after you failed. That's it. When you follow Jesus, hear me, everything else falls into place. Don't get out ahead of the plan. Don't worry about the what ifs. Don't worry about the how to's. Just start following Jesus today. And when you follow him, the plan, the process, the procedure, all of that falls into place. Just show up every day, do your job, and follow Jesus, and great things can still happen. Y'all know the Georgia Bulldogs won the championship, right? Do y'all know that? You want to see the video again? I'll show it to you. But I won't forget that the Atlanta Braves won the World Series, right? Right, it's a good year for Georgia fans, and, and uh, unless you're a diehard Georgia fan, you're not going to know who this, this, this amazing baseball player retired a few months ago. He spent 17 years in professional baseball, and in 17 years of professional baseball, he'll go on the record of having exactly eight hits. How could you spend 17 years in professional baseball because Sean Kazmar? spent all but 22 days of his professional career in minor league baseball. He actually holds a record for the past 70 years for the player with the longest gap between major league games. He played for Seattle in 2008, and then not again until he played for the Atlanta Braves this year. Shortly after Seattle, he wound up in the Braves' farm system. And he's, he's been there ever since. 12 years he spent, 12 years and 206 days exactly. The Braves called him up for two games this year. Let me tell you something interesting about Sean Kazmark. He is a World Series champion. Because he played two games this year, he got a World Series ring and then he promptly retired immediately after that so he could go out on top. Two games. I read all kinds of articles about him this year because that's what I do. And, he, and here's what he said. I love this. I've always respected the game, enjoy the game, and have a lot of fun playing it. It's easy for me to come out here every day. How does Sean do that for 17 years? You know what he did for 17 years? He went out every day and did his job and played baseball. He holds the record for the guy that... 2008 and then 2021 in between Major League Baseball at bats. But he showed up every day and just played baseball. There's a little bit of that tenacity that ought to be in every child of God. How do I get a redo in my life, preacher? Part of your redo process is you just show up every day and follow Jesus. Yeah, but what about what I'm going to, don't worry about the future, but what am I, don't worry about any of that. You just show up every day and do what a Christian ought to do. Don't worry about the what's and the how's and the when's, just follow Jesus. Some of you can't get a redo in your life because you're crippled by paralysis, by analysis. Well, how can God use me? How can God do something? We don't worry about any of that. Just follow Jesus. You know what Jesus said in John 14, 15? He said this, if you love me, can anybody finish that? If you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. You know, you know, what, that, you know what Jesus said? If you love me, just follow me. If you love me, just follow me. If you love me, just follow me. That's your admonition today. If you want that relationship back, if you want to redo over those past mistakes, part of that process is just follow Jesus. 
Too many times as Christians, we sit on the sidelines and we're waiting for a lightning strike. We're waiting for a miracle. We're waiting for God to drop the Ten Commandments out of heaven that apply directly to us and put them right in front of us. God's not going to do any of that. God's going to say this. Here's what I want you to do. Take your Bible and follow me. Take your Bible and follow me. How are you doing about following Jesus? By the way, lack of following Jesus is probably what got you in this shape. Just take your Bible and every day follow Jesus. Number four, I'm finished, but it's, it's the best point. Number four is this. A rocky start can still be a glorious finish. Look what he said in verse 18. Truly I tell you, when you were younger, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. In the very next verse, he said, he said this signifying by what death he would glorify God. Glorify God. Now close your Bibles and let me preach for just a minute. Let me, let me finish up right here. Really hear what I'm about to say. Jesus tells Peter something that you'll find hard to settle with in this culture. Jesus tells Peter this. He says, Peter, you're going to die a horrific, glorious death for me now imagine you having a conversation with jesus and uh jesus said hey man i want to tell you something uh i appreciate you i love you just so you know you're going to be persecuted and you're going to die a horrible glorious death for me now what jesus what what, what now I, I come one die old age yeah sorry it's going to be pretty rough but it'll, it'll glorify god that may not mean much to you, but to Peter, that was everything to him. Remember, this is the Peter who promised Jesus, wherever you go, I'll go. This is the Peter who said, I'll do anything for you. This was Peter who said, I will give my life for you. And then he went out and immediately denied Jesus three times. And now Jesus is coming along promising him a redo. Here's what Jesus tells Peter. You are going to get to die for me. And hear me, that's exactly what Peter wanted. He wanted to love Jesus so much that he would get to give his life for him. Here's what Jesus told Peter in effect. Peter could fill in the blanks. You can fill in the blanks. He said, you're going to remain faithful to me so much so that at the end, when you've grown old, you're going to die a horrific death for me and glorify God with your life. And Peter got tears in his eyes, not because of that he was going to die, but because that meant he was no longer going to be Peter the denier. When Peter died, he'd be remembered as the apostle who loved Jesus so much. He was willing to give his life for him. It meant that for Peter, he would indeed live for Jesus. He would serve Jesus. He'd be faithful to Jesus. He'd die for Jesus. And here's what we learn. Peter's Christian life got off to a rocky start. But it was going to be a glorious, glorious finish. The same thing can happen to you. 
You may have had a rocky start to your walk with God. You may have had a rough patch in your walk with God. But hear me. All those mistakes, all that that failure, that big issue doesn't have to define you. You can still have a glorious finish if you'll fall in love with Jesus, learn from your mistakes, and follow him. You can find your purpose and make a difference and have a glorious, glorious finish. We're in the middle of the NFL playoffs, and I told you if you get me, you get sports stories. This was a game I watched January 3rd, 1993. It was between the Buffalo Bills and the, what was then the Houston Oilers that would eventually become the Tennessee Titans when they moved. The game became known simply as the comeback. I was watching this game when it was on television that day. It was a wild card game. Start off anything but wild. Houston led 28 to 3 at halftime. And then Houston was up 35 to 3 in the third quarter when they intercepted a pass and ran it back for a touchdown. They were midway through the third quarter, up 35 to 3, and it was not even a ball game. As a matter of fact, the stadium emptied. Emptied. The Buffalo Bills were just getting blown out. Houston was destroying them. And so the New York Stadium emptied midway through the third quarter. And then Buffalo scored five straight touchdowns to take the lead. They took a three-point lead, and then Houston kicked a field goal with Time running down and sent it into overtime, and Houston got the kickoff, which made everybody nervous. But Warren Moon, if you remember Warren Moon, threw an interception, and Buffalo intercepted it, ran it back, and kicked a field goal and won the game. It is the largest comeback in NFL history. The stadium, you you didn't see it right here, but look at it right now. The stadium in the third quarter was absolutely emptied. When the scores started getting closer and closer, people turned around and started coming back in. And the security guards, you're not allowed to come back in. But security guards held them out. But people pushed fences down and hopped fences to where finally Buffalo just opened up all the doors and said, who wants to come in can come in. And by the end of the game, it was standing room only when they won the game. It was called the worst day in Houston sports history. I was watching it. It was absolutely amazing, the comeback, and there they won it. It was just an amazing, amazing. Of course, 1993, I was three, but anyway, I was watching the game. I was watching. Look how packed the stadium is. Look how packed the stadium is. And here's what you find out in sports, and can I tell you in life as well? It started off rocky, but it ended gloriously. Would you stand with me if you're in the room? Can I tell you this, no matter where you are, here in the room or watching online at home, wherever you may be, hear me, hear this one statement. The start is important, but most people will remember the finish. The start's important, but you'll mostly be remembered for your finish. Maybe you've had a rough start. Maybe 2021, man, you need a redo or two. You can't. And that mistake doesn't have to define you. 
you can still have a glorious, glorious finish. The question is not, does God love me? He settled that. The question is, do you love Jesus? The question is not, have you made a mistake? You're going to make a mistake. The question is, are you willing to admit it and move forward? The question is not, does God have anything for you? Of course he has something for you, but will you just show up every day and follow Jesus? Eh, might have been a rough start. If Peter, I don't care what you've done in life, what mistake you've made, it's not as grievous as what Peter did to Jesus. And if Peter can lose the legacy of Peter the denier, then whatever's gone wrong in your life, whatever you've done, you can still have a glorious finish. Hey, if you're watching online at home, Jeremy's got a word for you. But here in the room, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you, Pastor Joel, for that incredible message. And I don't know if you were with us online last week or if you were live in person last week. Um, when we went over the list of 22 questions, we, we, we reviewed our life and looked at what God is doing in our lives. And man, that was a convicting time for me. And probably for you, it was convicting as well. I'm thankful for what Pastor Joel talked about today when he talked about redo. And the truth is, no matter how convicting our answers were on that list, our point of departure is our point of return. Wherever you got off is your place to get back on. And Sunday, today, Pastor Joel talked about having a redo. And thankful for the grace of God that gives us the privilege and the opportunity to redo what's messed up in our lives. Maybe for you, you're watching this morning and you say, Jeremy, I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. There's never been a time in my life when I gave my heart and life to Christ. There's no better time than today. It's your fresh start on the year. It could be your fresh start on life. It begins with you understanding that you're a sinner and you've broken God's law and your sin separates you from God. Many people try to fix that separation, but we know there's nothing we can do on our own to fix that separation between us and God created by our sin. But God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay for our sins so we could start that relationship with, again, with Him again. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, We believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord and we will be saved. It's as simple as you being willing to admit you're a sinner being willing to believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin and confessing Him as the Lord and Savior of your life. If you've never done that, but God has spoken to your heart, I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. And so, if you need to give your life to Jesus, tell God this, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. God, I'm sorry for my sin. Lord, I ask for your forgiveness, for you to come into my heart, take away my sin, be my Savior. Lord, I give my life to you in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time this morning, I want to tell you, welcome to the family. We want to celebrate that with you. And here's what we want you to know. You're not on this faith journey alone. 
we want to help you take next steps with Jesus in your life. And so, if you would, text just your name to the number 423-800-1871. That's 423-800-1871. If you'll send that name, that's my cell phone that comes right to me, and I'd love to connect with you even this afternoon about the decision you made this morning. Man, it's been awesome to be in God's house. I'm thankful that whatever's messed up from last year, we got a chance to redo. It's been awesome to be together. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening.